complete world has said not goodbye, but au revoir until next time to a truly great leader, Donald Trump. He joins the other great leaders of the free world of the 20th century, Churchill, Roosevelt, Truman, Kennedy, Ronald Reagan, truly great leaders, and Donald Trump is worthy of being alongside of them. Just ask yourself one thing. Who is celebrating? The Communist Party of China is celebrating. Their principal newspaper, The Global Times, came out with a headline, Good Riddance. They've got their man in the White House. The mullahs in Tehran, the ones whom Obama and Biden allowed to develop the nuclearization of Iran on a vague promise that they wouldn't build nuclear weapons. They're celebrating. And what's left of ISIS is celebrating. If you go back to the 2016 election, it was a very disturbing situation. We'd seen the managed decline of the United States by the Obama, Biden administration, telling them that uh, America probably had its best times and it probably didn't deserve its position. And this obviously led to the rise of China. We saw a very soft approach to all of the illegal activities of China, the breaches of law, the breaches of intellectual property, the taking of territories in the South China Sea, It was an appalling situation. We saw the mismanagement of the laws by the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court has a terrible record. They probably were the principal trigger of the Civil War. They authorized the placement of segregation after the Civil War. And then in 1973, they invented a constitutional provision which didn't exist a constitutional right to abortion. Abortion was a state matter dealt with under state law. They enforced federal abortion law, and this has had a terrible impact on the black people of America, a disproportionate impact on the number of black babies born in America. What Trump promised was unusual among any politicians. He promised to address all of the problems that other people were ignoring. The closing down of manufacturing, the fact that wages hadn't risen for years, the massive illegal immigration, including the immigration of people who are criminals, and the fact that the Congress, the members of Congress, went in earning some very reasonable income around perhaps $200,000 a year, but they very quickly became multi-millionaires. And the best example is the new president, President Biden himself, who from irrebuttable evidence, which they haven't challenged, from his son's laptop, reveals that the Biden family was an enterprise, an enterprise selling influence and access in Washington to foreign oligarchs 
and in particular to the rulers of the Communist Party of China, from which Hunter Biden received an enormous amount of money for no qualifications whatsoever. The only thing they were selling, and they probably still are selling, is access and influence. Peter Schweitzer, a very fine man in America, has for years been writing about this. He's the head of an academic institute which researches such matters. And he has said very recently that in the United States and in Australia and New Zealand, the Communist Party of China identifies political elites and then offers them commercial deals which effectively buy them. Because the politician knows that this very wonderful commercial deal will be closed off if they are hard on China. And this is what's happened in relation to the Biden family and also to the Republican leader in the Senate, Mitch McConnell. He's been the subject of research by Peter Schweitzer, which shows that his wife's shipbuilding company has received some very handsome contracts from the Chinese government, which of course means that the Chinese government could turn that off at any time. That's how the communists work. Trump came in, when he came in in 2017, he made a number of promises. I remember reading the promises at the time in an address he gave at Gettysburg. And I came to the conclusion that if he delivered a third of these, he would be doing wonderful things to make America great again, to improve its military, to bring back manufacturing, to stand up to China, both in relation to trade, in relation to intellectual property which is being stolen, and in relation to China's illegal activities against her neighbours. He promised to end endless wars. He promised that he would try and deal with the situation in Korea, which he did. And he promised also to do something radical in relation to the Middle East. Like all presidents, he promised to move the embassy from Tel Aviv to the capital. Where else are embassies placed but in the capital? To the capital, Jerusalem. Every other president in recent years has promised this. None of them have delivered. Donald Trump delivered. He was told this would lead to a disaster, to wars in the Middle East. It has led to his delivering a series of Abraham Accords, treaties between Arab and Muslim countries and Israel, more than any other under any other president of the United States. That's why I and three very eminent law professors decided to do what we are allowed to do under the charter of the Nobel Prize. We nominated him for the Nobel Peace Prize for 2021, for this year. He deserves it. And when you compare the other people who received the Nobel Prize, much more than they did. For example, President Obama 
received the Nobel Prize, apparently for winning the election. He had done nothing, but he got the Nobel Peace Prize. Donald Trump didn't need to become president. He wasn't one of those politicians who'd gone in there as a career move from the time they left university, who'd earned the salary of a congressman or senator, and then supplemented it magnificently by the sort of money that comes from lobbyists, which also comes from the People's Republic of China, the communists, and they end up being multimillionaires. He didn't need that. He was already very rich. He was already very well known. He had a television career. He could have stayed in that and enjoyed his life. Instead, he believed he should do something for his country and for the free world. This is most important that the United States be the dominant power in the free world as Britain was beforehand. To have a power which is benign, benevolent, follows the rule of law is very important. The alternative, the alternative has always been too terrible to contemplate. The alternative in much of the 20th century was, for example, the Nazi regime, the Stalinist regime, and now the Maoist, communist Chinese regime. Regimes which do not follow the rule of law, which are cruel to their own people, so you can hardly expect them to be good to other people. By the third year of his time in office, he had really delivered. The economy was better than it had ever been before. Employment levels were higher, particularly for minorities and women, than they'd ever been before. He had made the United States energy independent. It wasn't dependent anymore on what went on in the Middle East. It was an extraordinary thing that he had achieved. Yet he was attacked every day. A coup against him, an illegal coup against him, was planned even before he took office. And the Obama-Biden administration started that, and their officials went into the court that deals with secret matters such as uh, wiretaps. They lied on the basis of the, a dossier that Mrs. Clinton had, had prepared consisting completely of lies about Trump colluding with the Russians. On the basis of that, they fought against him. A few hours after his inauguration, the Washington Post announced that the next step would be the impeachment. They already planned the impeachment. Every day he was subject to some new attack through the media, the mainstream media had given up reporting facts, reporting news, being responsible. They had become what was, in fact, the propaganda arm of the Democratic Party. And that, unfortunately, was echoed in Australia by almost all television bulletins, which were usually filled, if there was an item about the United States, usually filled with anti-Trump propaganda. And we saw that in the newspapers, many of the newspapers in Australia, with the exception in Sydney of the Daily Telegraph, which is prepared to look at the issue broadly and allowed me, for example, to publish a number of articles 
revealing what the Biden administration would do and what the Trump administration had done. It was only when the communist Chinese released the virus onto the world. You remember they did that. Like when they knew they had the virus, they closed down Wuhan, they closed down travel in the United States. They didn't tell anybody in the West. They allowed people to return from China to fly all over the world without warning that they were carrying a virus of which they were well aware. Did they do that deliberately? Did they do that to undermine the, the president? Perhaps they did. We will probably never know. In the recent election, that election was won by Trump, I am sure, in a landslide. You're not allowed to say that the election was stolen. But any Australian knows, any Australian who's had any experience in dealing with an election knows that scrutineers, they call them observers in America, scrutineers are absolutely essential during the count. If the scrutineers are not there, there wouldn't be any counting in Australia. We would just not tolerate that. We have our problems with fraud in Australia, but we wouldn't tolerate that. What happened in the United States was that in the early morning of the day after the election, when Trump was leading in the battleground states, the battleground states are like marginal electorates in Australia, when he was leading in those states, what happened? In one state, they claimed that there was a, a problem with some drain, drain had overflowed, and they had to stop counting. Strangely, they then stopped counting, they said, in all of the battleground states, they sent the scrutineers home. And what did they do then? Very soon after that, they started counting again, counting from ballots pulled out from tables, underneath tables in suitcases, ballots suddenly delivered, allegedly mailed in, many of which were unfolded. Suddenly, there's a complete change. It's said, it's said by the media that Trump's claims of electoral fraud were baseless. Every time they mention it, they say baseless. Normally, newspapers and the media are curious. They're determined that this not be a story. And they said there was no evidence. It was evidence-free. He had masses of evidence. So many affidavits, hundreds, thousands of affidavits, made subject to perjury, that is, people swearing them could go to jail if they were found to be lying in those affidavits, setting out all sorts of evidence in relation to massive fraud. There was massive fraud on an industrial scale in those states. And that is how Biden got in. Biden, who couldn't get a, more than a handful of people to his few rallies, which were held in car parks with a few people tooting on their horns in the cars, has no interest or influence with the American people. He did get votes because people vote for the Democrats or they voted against Trump. But the suggestion that he got many millions more than Trump did 
that he got many millions more than even Obama did in a number of key battleground states just demonstrates how implausible it was. There's strong evidence which has not been rebutted of electoral fraud and it is a reflection on the judges who decided not to hear the cases but decided always on the grounds of some technicality not to hear them. The evidence was obviously too overwhelming. The judges are not independent enough or they are terrified because of the reign of terror which went on for eight months in Democrat cities. Every night we had the BLM and Antifa, two Marxist organisations, looting, burning, assaulting. And the principal victims of that were poor black people, poor Asians, poor Latinos who owned little businesses in those cities who had them destroyed. And he did not, Trump did not incite the riot which affected the capital on the 6th. What happened there was on all the evidence he insisted that their peaceful assembly going down to the capital was to be peaceful. He insisted on that. The riot started 20 minutes before he finished his speech. Some of the people there, some of the leaders there, had weapons with them, crowbars and the like, which they could never have got into a Trump demonstration. And their behaviour, their violent behaviour, the violence of a few, was completely the opposite of the behaviour of the many Trump supporters the hundreds of thousands, perhaps millions, of Trump supporters who attended up to 40 rallies, which were all entirely peaceful. This has been arranged. The incitement, the, the, uh, the suggestion that he should be impeached, which he has been, the fact that he has been impeached in a show trial at which no evidence was taken, at which he was not offered the right to be represented, in which there was no proper consideration of what meagre evidence they had, is something more like a show trial that you would have seen in Stalinist Russia. The inauguration itself was a shameful occasion. People were not allowed to go there, probably because they feared that just as with his rallies in the election, not many people were going to turn up. The statements made that the National Guard had to be vetted was absolutely disgraceful. The reason given was that about 90% of the National Guard is white. This is a, a Democrat congressman who made this allegation, and that was the basis of the vetting. 90% of the National Guard is white, and only 20% of white men apparently voted for Biden. We could understand that. But on the basis of this, they were suggesting that the National Guard was going to turn on Biden. Of course they won't. And the Pentagon, having looked at that, has dismissed that completely. It was not at all true. Well, the fact is, we now have, as Peter Schweitzer has demonstrated, we don't have a strong president, a strong president 
was going to retain and make sure that America retains its particular and special position in the world. We have a president who has a record of going soft on China, against whom there's very strong evidence that he and his family have sold access and influence in uh, Washington to foreign oligarchs and in particular to the Chinese communists. That is the situation that we have today. He will obviously turn around what Trump achieved and America will be the loser and Australia, who is in the front line, it seems, in relation to Beijing at the moment, Australia too will be the loser. Remember what Peter Schweitzer said. The Communist Chinese, the Communist Chinese Party identifies political elites, and he specifically mentioned Australia alongside the United States, and he said they then offer them commercial deals. So they effectively buy their influence. And as you would know, there are a number of Australians in the political class, some retired, who have obviously been in that situation. The important thing for us, for America and for Australia, is to take back our countries. President Biden was one among the greatest American presidents. He stands with Roosevelt and Truman and Reagan and Kennedy in that panoply. And we have only said au revoir until next time. The 75 million, and there were probably more because a lot of their votes seem to have been destroyed. The 75 million Americans, 75 million plus Americans who voted for him are not going to go away. The left will try to destroy him, but he is far too strong for that. Take back your country. 